Steve Jaco here. One last pick in the Broad Street Hockey Radio 2019 NHL Mock Draft brought to you by Bud Heavy. Man, I really need a beer. Bud Heavy. That's an inspirational ad if I've ever heard one. So my final pick in the 2019 draft is the Washington Capitals, a team that recently acquired Radko Gudis, who certainly will be the key to putting them back in Lord Stanley's graces and holding the cup. Capitals are a year removed from the Stanley Cup. They're a team in good shape as long as Alex Ovechkin feels like playing in North America. After that, just pretty good shape, but they're in really good shape as long as Ovi decides, I still like playing in the U.S. of A. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. With this pick, I decided the Capitals had to go with some defense, had to go with some backup to Radko Gudis. And I decided to go with, bear with me here, bear with me, because this name is going to be pronounced, and I'm trying my best here. Vladislav Kolyachonuk. Kolyachonuk. I think that's right, and I'm going to call him Koli from this point on. Maybe even Colin. That's what his friends call him. I'm not friends with him, so I don't know if I can call him Colin. But Coley. Coley works. Carla Koliakovo? Not quite. We're just calling him Coley. So, Vlad the Coley. According to the Forsyth Files, which of course is the predominant, predominant source for NHL prospect news, Forsyth Files deemed him definitely a defenseman who has played the game of ice hockey. Wow. What a write-up. What a write-up. Craig Button said, Blue Liner named top three player for Belarus at 2019 World Under-18 Tournament. Wow. A top three player for Belarus. That also means this guy has definitely played hockey. But, you know, I digress. Uh, so this is a guy, I, I at this point in the draft, you're just kind of, it looks like a fit. So let's just say that. Uh, according to Corey Pronman, uh, Coley is a very smart and mobile defenseman who can transition the puck well. He's not a guy who's going to wow you with his skill level, but he sees the ice quite well with the ability to run a power play and hit seams. He's a good skater who showed he could skate with the quicker forwards in the OHL and kill plays with his feet. He will skate pucks up, but I wouldn't call him a natural puck rusher. The question on Coley is whether he has enough offensive upside for the NHL. Definitely a good question. And we cannot discount the most important opinion here. The most important opinion of all, former Flyers great and Flint Firebirds coach, Eric Wellwood. Wow. Eric Wellwood on Coley. His skating is his greatest asset. He's extremely good at defending because of his feet, and he's got a fantastic stick. He's very difficult to beat one-on-one. -on -one. High praise from a Flyers great, Eric Wellwood. The man, the myth, the legend. So, that is pick 25 for the Washington Capitals. I've been Steve Jaco, and remember, Vladdy Coles has been holding a hockey stick since he was six months old. Very impressive. On to pick 26.
Hey everybody, it is Craig again. Uh, I'm going to provide my final pick of this mock draft. I am picking 26th overall for the Calgary Flames. Steve just took Vladislav Kolyachonok, uh 25th overall for the Washington Capitals. Yeah, I mean, he never stops talking about that guy. Uh, he's been on the Kolyachonok train since day one. Uh, big fan. I'm sure he gave you a very in-depth 30-minute analysis of him. Uh, and now I'm up for the Calgary Flames. I am going with a player from Sweden. I am picking Niels Hoglander, a Swedish left-handed left winger, all of five foot nine, 185 pounds. So you better believe the topic of discussion around uh, good old Hoglander is his size. But seems to be using it pretty well. He had seven goals and seven assists for 14 points in 50 games in the SHL last year uh, with Rogel BK. He's uh, expected to play with the same club next season. Um. And he got bottom six minutes with the team this year. And 14 points in 50 games doesn't sound like a lot, but for a first-year draft-eligible player to put up double-digit points in a, a league that mainly consists of uh, of grown men, is, is pretty, it's a pretty good feat. Um, but the big thing with Hoglander is he's very, uh, he's very entertaining to watch. I mean, I... I would love for him to be on the Flyers just because he he's very creative. He does a lot of plays that involve a uh, high ho- hockey IQ. Very slippery, a uh, very elusive guy that is able to just create space by himself in the offensive zone. And he's kind of he's kind of got a bit of sandpaper to him for how big he is. Uh, honestly, those those facts paired with his skating, he reminds me a little bit of. Brad Marchand. I know it's annoying doing player comparables for a guy who's not in the league yet. And also, Brad Marchand is you know one of the bigger pieces of shit in the league. But five foot nine, he seems to be able to work throw his weight around pretty well, and um, he's a pretty good skater. And he he does watching some of his highlights. He I saw he was able to pull off the uh, the Michigan goal this year, the the Mike Leg goal where he. Puts the puck on the blade of his stick and puts a top shelf. I think Matthew Strom scored it last year as well. But the little cross style goal that, you know, it takes a little bit of hand-eye coordination to do. Uh, and for a player his size and a player that's labeled as being uh, very creative and fun to watch in the offensive zone, uh, he's surprisingly a good two-way player. Uh, he doesn't seem to let up too much in his own zone. Uh, and as I said before, he's playing the SHL and he's already playing against men. And I think, to me, that's a pretty important thing. Uh, to the more younger players, uh, draft-eligible prospects, you know, 18, 19-year-old players are playing in a collegiate program or they are playing in the SHL or Liga, I I value that experience and that development a little bit more than overage seasons in the OHL, WHL, or QMJHL. doesn't mean that's... It's not the biggest uh, difference in the world, but I think... Getting experience in SHL, that's probably uh, a little closer to what the things he would have to uh, fight against with his size difference in the NHL. Um, and, of course, Niels Hoglander, i got to talk about the name. Supremo name. Part of the reason why I took it. I, I mean, he's mocked to be taken late in the first round. Uh, but Hoglander, I mean, that opens up the opportunity to uh, the nickname The Hog. I think that would be the way most people go. I said nails. I know Lenny Dykstra's got that, but I, I think he might be. Maybe he's out of favor with the town. Neil's kind of close, whatever, I know. Uh, and then also we could do the Rich Ginerette thing with Jason Pominville. Or not we, but, you know, the um, the Calgary Flames. Uh, the Rick Ginerette thing 
with Jason Palmerville, where each time he scored, it says the uh, he says the uh, population of Palmerville grows grew by one. He could do uh, the population of Hogland grew by one. So a lot of opportunities. Pretty good player. Uh, he, I hope. I mean, a lineup that would have Johnny Gaudreau and Niels Hoglander would be pretty would be pretty entertaining to watch. Uh, they might struggle with the whole size thing, but. You know, like I, I was talking about Brad Marchand there for a bit, and uh, he's a pretty good example of a player that is still able to be a physical force, and uh, maybe not a physical force, but you know, a pest and physical size really is an issue for them, and still produce at the NHL level. So this is the final pick I have in this mock draft. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, up next is Bill, who's picking 27th overall for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Well, this was a fun project, wasn't it? Uh, I have the 27th pick. I'm rounding it out now. So I just want to say this was a good time. I really hope you enjoyed it. Uh, So far, uh, all the feedback has been great. It seems like people have really dug this, and I really appreciate it. Thank you all so much. I say it after every show, but I don't think think we say it enough how much we appreciate every single person who is so loyal, so dedicated to to BSH Radio. We uh, we really couldn't do it without you, and that's for real. Um, like I said, I'm at, I'm at 27 here with the, uh, with the Tampa Bay Lightning pick, and so this is going to be my last pick of this project. Big shout-out to everybody. Everybody did a great job with it. Uh, so let's get on with this mock draft. Uh, at number 27, the Tampa Bay Lightning select... I'm just going to play his name because, uh, shit, man, I can't pronounce it. Let's try that again. Igor Afanasyev. Uh, so, yeah, Igor Afanasyev. If you couldn't uh, guess, uh, if you were, if you assumed he's Russian by his name, you are correct. However, the six foot four, 201-pound winger and... There are reports that he's kind of a natural center because of his just outstanding skill, uh, but he played wing in the USHL this year. That's right. He played in the USHL this year. He's one of these import kids, uh, Not uh, doesn't play in any of the Russian leagues. He actually played for the Muskegon Lumberjacks, uh, and his North American rights are held by the OHL's Windsor Spitfires for 2019-20. It's kind of up in the air what he's going to do uh, moving forward, he was at one point committed to Michigan State, and then said no. I'm, yeah, he, he's been back and forth on everything, so he's going to consult with whatever team drafts him. Uh, he's an interesting guy because his rankings are kind of all over. Uh, Igor put up 27 goals and 62 points in uh, 52 games for the Jacks, plus another six points in eight playoff games. Uh, coming off a 14-point rookie season in the USHL, so a big jump for Igor. And considering his size and what is called a fantastic skill level, wouldn't be surprised to see a team get him. You know, I'm taking him at 27, but we look down. Uh, Pronman has him ranked number 30. McKenzie has him at number 37. Elite Prospects also has him at 37. Uh, the Hockey News at number 34. They call his best-case scenario Jamie Ben. Well, shit. I think anyone would take a best-case scenario of Jamie Benn. Uh, There are questions about his skating, which THN called average, but his shot and his skill level, his size, his strength, all of it uh, seem to more than make up for it. Obviously, everybody wants the fastest skater available. That's the NHL now. 
but this kid can do a ton of things. Uh, ESPN's Chris Peters ranked him at number 35. Peters doesn't have him going in the first round in any of his mocks, uh, but in his two-round best-case scenario draft, uh, Peters has the Devils taking him at 34, so third pick of the uh, second round. And he writes, with an early second round pick, Afenise- I can't even say his name, Afenisev, uh is, especially in- is an especially intriguing option in that range given his size, power, uh, size and power combined with excellent offensive sense. So the kid can really, uh, the kid can really put up points, and it's just kind of a question of, uh, how long it's going to take him to develop. He's described as very raw in the hockey news, but still a, a raw kid putting up you know, well over a point a game in the USHL. you, you got to figure he'll continue to develop. How is he? How old is he? He turned 18 in January. Uh, like I said, he is from uh, Tavor, Russia, but he's been here quite a while, uh, played for... A Little Caesars U16 team all the way back in 2016-17. So he's been in North America for a few years. Uh, Does, of course, represent Russia internationally. Has done well in some tournaments. Been a point a game uh, in some international underage tournaments. Uh, it's you look at his numbers and started the season on started the season with a hat trick four point game and really never looked back. A couple of uh, a couple of spells of pointless streaks here. There's a three-game drought, a two-game drought, uh, another two-game drought. But really, uh, this kid seems to just rack up the points uh, in the USHL. And you got to believe, it, like I always say, you get paid for production in this league. And he certainly produces. So uh, a lot of people have him going a little later. But uh, I-, I think this is a real value pick here. It could, it could be... Um, Remember when the Flyers took Morgan Frost, and I mean, if you were at our draft party, and side note, you should come to our draft party, it's Friday night, you are probably listening to this Friday during the day, it's at Fieldhouse, uh, starting at 6 o'clock, right here in Philly, it's going to be a great time, but if you were at our first draft party, you remember the Flyers getting up, I think it back in the first round to number 27, whole place is going wild, uh, for Tolvanen, and of course the Flyers take some guy named Morgan Frost, and Morgan Frost turned out to be, uh, you know, one of the better prospects in hockey right now. Uh, there's some varying degrees, but I think we can all uh, agree that he's had excellent production since the Flyers drafted him, and I think that could be the case here. I think if Tampa or whoever uh, were to take him near the end of the first round, there'd be some questions. But ultimately, it would really pay off, and uh, I, I think this is a hell of a pick here for Tampa. They don't have much of a farm system, but of course, they're freaking Tampa. They have so much skill and so many you know, pretty young guys already in the NHL. Uh, Braden Point comes to mind. They have a couple of other young guys. They traded Nemestikov a couple... Uh, was that this year? But anyway, um, he turned out to not to be that great. But they have like the 30... I think Pronman's 30th ranked farm system does Tampa have. So uh, it's they're just looking to add some depth, looking to add something here. And with a team like Tampa's... Um, you can afford to take a risk on a project, I would think, and if they're willing to do that, uh, this would be a great place to start. So let's play his name one more time because I don't think I can uh, pronounce it. Igor Afanasyev. Igor Afanasyev, uh, out of Russia, well, out of uh, out of the USHL, Russian uh, left winger, 
And yeah, that's who I that's why I have the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning taking it 27. That is my final pick of this draft. Thank you all so much for hanging out. Thank you for listening. Until the draft party, have a great week, everybody. This is Steph Driver with my final selection in the 2019 Broad Street Hockey NHL Mock Draft. I am picking at 28 for the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, this is the first time in a decade that the Carolina Hurricanes have not had a, a very high pick, and and it's a little bit um, of a weird position for them to be in because they usually have their selection of prospects. So what we're looking for here is someone that can contribute um, pretty quickly, doesn't have to be immediately, but someone that will help them continue to grow as a team um, and continue to um, – thrive and and stay in the playoff picture. So what we're looking for, what I'm looking for is a forward because owner Tom Dundon has already said he doesn't want to pick a defenseman with the, with his first round selection. Okay, dude, whatever. Um, so we're looking at a forward. Uh, we're looking for a forward that can produce and has good fancy stats because our good friend Eric T is in charge of analytics over there and he's not going to pick someone that doesn't look good analytically. So without further ado, with the 28th overall pick in the 2019 NHL draft, the Carolina Hurricanes select Samuel Poulin, or if you're Stephanie from New Jersey, Samuel Poulin. Uh, What we're looking at here is... A six foot two, 207 pound left wing. He can also play right wing. Um, he's pretty versatile that way. Um, probably could throw him at center too if you wanted to. He's got the size for it. Um, looking at scouting reports from The Athletic, Mitch Brown. Few players blend his type of skill, awareness, and strength. Much of Poulin's Poulin's <laughs> damage originates behind the goal where he's proficient at setting up teammates. He often uses his strength and frame to box out defenders than his skill and vision to connect with the teammate lurking in the slot. While Poulin's burst of net front finishing ability draws pr- praise, deservedly so, I'd like to see him move a bit more and force defenders to adjust. However, he's also a dangerous mid-range shooter, and his ability to make that one extra handle for a better opportunity around goal is even better. The weak link in Poulin's skill set is transition. He's an average puck handler with more or less average skating ability in open ice. He dumps the puck in rather than carry at an average rate for his team, but rarely do his carry attempps fail. I think this is I think this is a sign that he knows his limitations. He carries when he sees opportunities, but there's a risk of turnover, but if there's a risk of turnover, he uses a place and chase entry strategy. Overall, Poulin's production was impressive this season. 29 goals, 47 assists in 67 games. He led Sherbrooke in scoring by 17 points. He was their best playmaker and scorer. He finished top 10 in the QMJHL in 5-on-5 primary points per game. The production and package of skills, the playmaking, the shooting, the strength, and the defense make Poulin a top-rated prospect out of the queue this season. So pretty good. Uh, has some deficiencies in his game, which is why he's not going towards the top of the first round. But I think that this is someone that 
will really thrive in the Hurricanes system. Um, so taking a look over at our Carolina Hurricanes affiliated SB Nation, Canes Country, um, they also have some really great things to say about uh, Poulin. In addition to his father was selected ninth overall in 1991 by the Hartford Whalers, which we all know turned into the Carolina Hurricanes. So there's a little bit of um, uh, history there, I guess. is That's not the word that I'm looking for, but that's what we landed on. So there's some history there within the family. Um so from Kane's country, their scouting analysis. When watching Poulin, the first thing you notice is his play in the offensive zone. His shot is NHL ready. It is a tool that will be deployed to improve any and will improve an NHL power play. Learn how to read driver cheese. He is noticeable in possession and is effective in both creating space below the circles for his line mates and distributing when defenders play him too closely. Size-wise, Poulin has a projectable frame, which he already has started to fill. His combination of size and strength lends many to peg him as a power winger down the road, but it would be nearsighted to think of him as only a hard-nosed net front presence. He clearly has the tools to be a playmaker as well. A player of Poulin's ability wouldn't fall to the end of the first round if there wasn't some room for improvement. His skating is above average, but not elite, and his transitions within the play could and should improve with time. However, at this point in the first round, you bet on talent, especially if a player has the work ethic to improve. So this is this is a guy that Carolina wants, uh, fits their system, and is, is going to be helpful for them in the future. I think it makes sense, and that's why I've selected Samuel Poulin with the 28th overall pick. At number 29, with the Anaheim Ducks selection, is Charlie O'Connor. Well, we're getting to the end, and this is Charlie O'Connor back here to do the 29th pick in the BSH Radio NHL Mock Draft for 2019, and I will be taking over the Anaheim Ducks. I'm really getting a lot of these uh, <laughs> these LA teams, huh? Um, anyway, so with this pick, with the 29th pick, in the NHL BSH Radio Mock Draft. I take Ville Heinola, defenseman from Lugo of the Finnish League. Now, this is this really isn't a need pick, but to me, to me, at this point of the draft, at this point of the first round, you're just taking best player available. And Heinola, to me, is the obvious best player available. I have him, I believe I have him 20, 20th? I think he's 20th on my board. Um, and he's... He's definitely he definitely feels like a safe pick to me. This is a guy who's already playing against men. He actually has a uh, he had a fifty point eight percent Corsi in the uh, the Finnish league, which for you know an eighteen year old pretty darn good considering it's against it's against grown men. Um, he I think I, I would be blown away if he's still available at this point in the draft because from what I've heard there are a few teams that are very high on him. The thing with him is that despite the fact that his his numbers actually look quite good, you know, he had 14 points in 34 games, again, in the league against men. Finnish league is pretty darn good. And uh, is actually mildly comparable to uh, to Mira Haskinen, uh, who obviously is uh, a great young defenseman for the for the Dallas Stars. The thing with, uh, with Hainala is that by the eye test, he doesn't necessarily look spectacular. But I think he plays a really subtle game, uh, and I think... Like, I don't envision him being, you know, a first-pair defenseman. 
but I think he can be an extremely good second pair defenseman, and I'm very confident that he's going to be that. Like, for example, Philip Broberg. I think Philip Broberg could be a first pair defenseman if everything breaks right. I also think he could be a mediocre to bad third pair defenseman if the fact that he lacks ideal hockey sense really comes back to bite him at the next level. Whereas with, with Hainala, I don't think Hainala can be a first pair defenseman. I don't think he has that upside. But I do think that there's more certainty that he's going to be a second bear quality defenseman in my mind than I have with a guy like Broberg. So like, if you're looking at those two guys, it really comes down to whether you want to pick upside or you want to pick floor. And I think Hainala has a great floor. And to get a guy who I'm pretty confident will be a second pair quality defenseman for the next 10 years for whichever team he picks, whatever team picks him, that to me is a great late first round pick. So I would expect him to go much higher than 29th. But if he's still there, to me, it's a no-brainer pick for the Anaheim Ducks. So I was lucky enough to end up with the final two picks in this mock draft. Drafting at number 30, the Boston Bruins. Drafting at 30, of course, because they lost Game 7 to the St. Louis Blues, who will pick at 31. So I'm going to talk about these two teams together while I get to their picks. Um... We'll start with the Bruins, who lost to Game 7 at home to the St. Louis Blues, who won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, yeah, let's talk, about, let's talk about the Bruins. They're obviously a highly skilled hockey team. They've got a lot of talent. They are a rather small hockey team, um, especially up front. On the back end, they have giant Zdeno Chara, who is probably not going to be playing much longer. Um, he is getting up there in age, and he takes a beating. He's a physical player, so you can't expect him to hold up forever. So with that in mind, when I was thinking about what kind of players will be available at 30, um... I kind of thought that they might go for this guy, and I'm going to tell you why. So, with the 30th overall pick, the Boston Bruins, who did not win the Stanley Cup, select from the United States National Team Development Program, defenseman Alex Vlasic. So here's my thought process with this pick. This kid is six foot six. That's tall. He's only 198 pounds, so he's got quite a lot of muscle he's going to need to add onto that frame in order to be an effective NHLer. But you subtract big man Zdeno Chara, and a few years you add big man Alex Vlasic, and you've got that huge wingspan that you've relied on on the back end. You've got that back. Um, and that's one of the things that a lot of the praise that I read about Alex Vlasic had to do with the way that he uses his stick to break up plays. Because he is such a large kid, he can cover a lot of space with that stick and that wingspan. So he's able to take away a lot of the ice. Um, he's apparently a very good skater for a kid so big. Um, but he has been inconsistent. 
um, during his time with the development team. And that is something that the team that drafts him, the Boston Bruins, that's the team that they're going to have, they're going to have to work on that with him, the consistency. That's something that's going to have to get better. Another reason why I think the Bruins would like this kid is, as we know, the Bruins like to play with a physical edge. And it's been reported that Alex Vlasic likes to play with a physical edge. So a lot of times, as we know as Flyers fans, because we saw a video of it, a lot of times these hockey men like to pick a player that fits within the culture of the team. And for me, I think a big defenseman who can skate, who plays with a physical edge, that to me fits in with the Bruins culture. So I could see them taking this kid a little bit of a, pro a project, but when you're picking at 30, you have to figure you're going to get a little bit of a project. So they're going to have to work on his consistency, but he's a good puck mover. He's a good skater. He's got that huge wingspan. If he's able to fill out, if he's able to be consistent, he will likely be a good defenseman in the NHL. So that's where I'm going with the Boston Bruins. And then the final pick in this mock draft, of course, goes to the St. Louis Blues, who won the Stanley Cup because they beat the Boston Bruins on home ice, which was fantastic to watch. And, yeah, I, it's interesting, this last pick in the first round, what you end up going for. Um, because at this point in the draft, you're getting to the mushy middle where the kids that are left, you know, are not super impressive. They could be second rounders. Yeah, you know, you, you don't know what you're going to get once you get all the way to 30. Most of the impressive kids have been taken. So you've got to consider what's left and pick what you think is the best possible player. So the Blues are are obviously, obviously in win-now mode, um, but they went ahead and shored up their team over the course of last summer and this season, adding good players, building out their core, finding some secondary scoring. They did a really good job acquiring talent um, over the last calendar year. One of the things that the Blues do not have going for them is that kind of their their leadership core, like Alex Petrangelo, um, Jay Bomeister, those guys are getting older. So at some point, the younger core players are going to have to step up into those roles, and then you'll have that void to fill. So, so given that this team is a fully stacked team in win-now mode, that's probably going to be competitive for the next couple years at least, um, I think that they can afford to take a chance on a kid that might be a lot of a project, but if he pans out for you, uh, will be a pretty big asset to your team. So with the 31st overall pick, the St. Louis Blues are pleased to select from the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, right wing Nathan Laguerre. Yay. So here's the thing about Laguerre. Um, he's apparently got one of the best shots in the draft. Um, he is a very smart player, which I've said before is, you know, 
not something that you can teach. But what he is not is a good skater. He's apparently a very poor skater. He's got a weird, wonky stride. So a lot of, a lot of teams are probably going to be wary of that kind of thing. Um, he's six foot tall, 196 pounds, so not a bad size there. He'll probably fill out. All these kids are going to fill out, but, you know. So you, you kind of have to think to yourself, okay, this is a, a kid with a lot of skill, right? He's got the shot. Um, he's got the hockey IQ. He's a great goal scorer. He's a great passer. But the skating's bad. The one thing about that is that if you need to fix a problem with a prospect, skating is probably the easiest problem to fix. Because all you need is a coach to work with the kid on a consistent basis on getting his skating better. And then all of a sudden, you no longer have a skilled player who can't skate. You now have a skilled player, full stop, that's going to really contribute to your team. So I think that it would benefit the Blues to take a high-end scorer that's a bit of a project because they're not going to need this kid for a while. So they have some time to work on him. And then as some of these forwards age out for the St. Louis Blues, they'll have Nathan Laguerre waiting in the wings to come up and snipe a lot of shots and win you a lot of hockey games. And that's really what you want. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm confident that that's a good pick. I like it. Hopefully you guys like it too. So, so that's it. That's the last pick in the Broad Street Hockey Radio mock draft. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And I am very eager to see all the reasons why you agree or disagree with us in the comments on iTunes. So let us know what you think. Thanks. Here we are at the end of the road of the BSH drop. I can't sing anymore. I'm out of words. We're at the end of the road for the BSH mock draft for the 2019 NHL draft. What a ride it's been. We laughed. We cried. I especially cried because this is the first time I've had to do research in years. I... I flunked out of college. I did not know how to study. I've never learned how to study. Yet we're here. I'm Steve, by the way. We're wrapping this sucker up. We're wrapping it up once and for all. But great job by the gang. Steph, Kelly, Charlie, Bill. I'm forgetting someone. There's someone here that I'm forgetting. I'll remember it at some point. No regrets. Because he couldn't have been that important. Whoever it is, whatever large ginger man I might be forgetting, but great mock draft. Let's just go down. Well, I, I'd go down the order, but I'm definitely going to get some names wrong. But Jack Hughes obviously is going number one in this draft. He is a phenomenal talent. Unfortunately, going to the New Jersey Devils, these lucky SOBs, I cannot believe it. It is just terrible news. And, and Capo Caco to the Rangers is just a travesty. Absolute travesty, but this is the world we live in. Uh, if projections hold true, your Philadelphia Flyers will be getting Kirby Doc with pick 11. Craig seems to like him. Craig seems to be... Oh, that's who it is. It's Craig. Craig Forsyth. I almost forgot about Craig. But 
you know, easily forgotten. Right? Right. <laughs> Regardless, Kirby Doc, if he is to fall to the Flyers at pick 11, Craig will be uh, very happy with the pick. So hopefully that happens. And uh, Craig is a happy guy because when Craig is not a happy guy, well, we all lose. And Fly Burbly then ends up being uh, seven hours instead of uh, uh, five hours as it currently stands. I don't know if there are other surprises, but it was really great putting this all together, learning more about some of these picks. And uh, just, I think one of my favorite things from this was just seeing all of the various, I think, components that go into BSH radio, go into these Broad Street Hockey podcasts that uh, you all thankfully listen to and enjoy and seeing how everybody's personalities are kind of distilled. It's BSH radio deconstructed, if you will. Right. I've made for you a BSH radio deconstructed uh, on the right here. You have a, a Steve by itself, a Craig by itself. I have a, a Steph, a, you know, Steph, Kelly, Charlie, Bill. I, you get the point, right? You get the point. You get where I'm going, but great mock draft. Let's do it all again next year. And uh, thanks to everybody for participating. And of course, in the words of the great Gene Hart. Good night and good hockey.